Good evening and welcome to Those Canadian Lads. We've got a bit of a format change for this evening. In an effort to not just be a couple of tin hat wearing yahoos who talk UFOs, we're going to have a guest on tonight to give us a perspective on the challenges of education during COVID and 2021. Before we get rolling though, Brad, how are you doing this evening? Jeffrey, good evening. Uh, tinfoil hats, uh, de jour. Uh, and there's lots of news going on in the world these days, and it's on the mainstream media, which has got me so excited. But we'll save that uh, just for now, five minutes. Let's just talk a little bit. So the report being released <laughs> in 180 days, that is real. That's going to happen. So uh, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty stoked, but I'm more stoked for tonight's conversation. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, COVID and, and what's going on in the world. Uh, essentially, this, this, uh, this podcast is born from COVID. It's the child of COVID. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ugly stepson of COVID. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh we we have to thank COVID for this podcast. So let's why not talk about some of the you know the the effects of it. And you know, our guest tonight is is gonna be, you know, uh all about that. So well one of one of the things that's that's taking place obviously is that um it's very easy to focus on the what how COVID's affected you as an individual. And uh, I've alluded to this in the past where I've my day-to-day life, other than the ability to go to a restaurant, to go to an Oilers game, uh, my work environment's changed, but it realistically hasn't changed much. And that's predominantly because I'm able to control the bubble and how much interaction I have with people. But one of the groups that has been hit, whether it be by the virus uh, directly or indirectly by the way their lives have changed have been students in the school system. And we had a, we've had a wonderful opportunity to have a guest on tonight who, who's dealing with that firsthand. Uh, Edmund Vale is a teacher at uh, St. Thomas More junior high school in Edmonton, Alberta here. And um, luckily Ed's going to be joining us and able to kind of give us his thoughts about what he's seen, uh, how the school system where he works has had to deal with the ta- uh, deal with the disruption and uh, just maybe some things that we haven't really considered in regards to what's going on. Yeah, that's the thing, right? So we we don't work in that industry. I wouldn't call myself a, an ins- an essential worker like a like a doctor or a police officer or or a teacher, right? So these uh, these people not only are in the front lines, they're keeping the economy rolling. You know, they're keeping our children safe and educated and. Uh, you know, it's props to them. Like, you know, before this, I wouldn't have, have thought that way. So uh, I'm excited to have this conversation with Ed's uh, uh, and uh, and kind of get that perspective from a teacher and, uh, and a candid perspective. So um, I'm pretty pumped about this. And uh, I, I know uh, you lined this up. So I'm excited to uh, to get this conversation going. Yeah, it's um, I said it's, it's an opportunity to get some perspective on I said, I'm not going to say the most vulnerable of our population because children are resilient or so I tell myself, I don't know that for a psychological fact or anything like that. But, but um, obviously, you know, children from, you know, kindergarten up to high school, uh, you're dealing with your own little world. You're dealing with the changes that have taken place around you, huge disruptions, um, and then, of course, there's the there's the still the mental and emotional aspect of what kids work their way through as they become adults. And for somebody like myself, and you know yourself as well, Brad, we're adults. We're we've kind of 
formulated. Speak for yourself, man. We don't act like adults, but, but <laughs> theoretically, we have the emotional and mental wherewithal to be able to kind of tackle some of these challenges that have been coming up. But but maybe the children are struggling a little bit more. And as I said, result uh, teachers and the people who are interacting with the kids on a day to day basis, they're seeing this more. And at the same time, it's uh, it's a different perspective than say what a parent could offer or just a Yahoo like myself. No, I'm really interested in seeing what this does, because this is obviously a moment in time that we're living through. And we're recording this podcast basically during a a significant moment in our history. Um, And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see, you know, 20 years down the line on what this generation, this COVID generation of children um, end up being like, are they going to be resilient? Are they going to be the ones that, you know, fight us through, you know, whatever happens in the world, but they're the ones that, um, you know, they, they're just different. They're not, you know, Gen Xers or Gen Yers or millennials, right? They're, they're a specific group that have to deal with something that's, um, hasn't been done in a hundred years. So, and you look back on time, you know, a hundred years ago, um, you know, right after the great war in world war one, uh, that was the, the Spanish flu, the last uh, pandemic, um, you know, that generation obviously not only dealt with that, then they also dealt with world war two. So the greatest generation. So, um, you know, be it, what, what? They are. They, <laughs> sure, sure. they defeated Hitler. <laughs> I just, I, I just think that, um, one of the things that, um, you and I have been fortunate enough to grow up in a time where, uh, disruption to our lives it hasn't been very uh, severe. Um, not much changed while I was coming up in life, while I was growing up. Like, let's face it, we I, we live in a city where I don't. I think I had one snow day my entire life because it was just you get on the bus and go to school. So we didn't even have disruptions in regards to a day to day thing. Th- this is otherworldly compared to uh, what we would have experienced as children coming up. So. You know, it's what, and then this is, we'll get into Ed with this, but the, the being able to adapt, you know, I think not only the children, but I think as adults, we've been able to adapt to this world. We're proving to ourselves that um, we can work differently. Um, we can work, you know, remotely from home, be still be productive, um, you know, still, you know, pr- provide to society, et cetera, et cetera. I think just the long term impacts of being, um, socially distances, distanted, distances. Distances? I don't know. Yeah. I Stunted. speak tonight. That's the, <laughs> that's the long-term issue that I have with all this because obviously we're social beings and we want to be together. We want to celebrate together. You know, there was nothing weird, weirder than spending New Year's Eve away from people or Christmas from people, right? So right. Um, it's not natural and it's not... Uh, something that I hope for, for the future. I, uh, I can't wait. I always say that, uh, you know, when this thing's over, it's going to be a huge party and there's going to be some, some broken drywall somewhere. I'm running through some drywall, (laughs) get wasted and just have a good time. So, well, yeah. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't have that much of an impact. Who's to say, um, maybe we'll have an entire generation of kids who, have blocked it out like a, a bad fight that their mom and dad had in the living room and they just cut <laughs> it out. I I don't know, two like 18 months, 24 months are missing from these kids' lives at the when they're 42 years old. But but um 
<laughs> outside why, of that. Why does, why does daddy smell like happy again? <laughs> yeah. Well, that being said, like, um, why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't we begin the conversation with Ed's and we'll see what kind of insights he's able to offer. And, uh, why don't we get rolling on that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's welcome Ed's to the, uh, the conversation and, uh, looking forward to this chat. Some of the provinces have returned to in-class learning after the holiday break, and that includes Alberta. News and opinions about the return to in-class learning are varied and sometimes hard to pinpoint with what some of the challenges are. As someone without kids who selfishly gets to plop down on the couch and watch 18 hours of NFL playoffs on a weekend, I thought it would be good to get some perspective. Joining us tonight is Edmund Vale, who is a teacher at St. Thomas More Junior High School here in Edmonton, Alberta. Eds, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Great, great. And uh, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. Eds, we're stoked to have you on. There's going to be uh, some pretty interesting questions, I think, coming from both sides. But uh, you and Jeff uh, have known each other for a while. And uh, uh, I'm excited to kind of get a perspective of what's going on, obviously, uh, from an educator, uh, somebody who's uh, obviously right in the thick of things from being an essential worker. So uh, I'll pass it back here to Jeff and we can awesome. get going. I think Brad's oversold it. The uh, questions may or may not be that interesting from my perspective, but we'll see what we got. So, so uh, first off, um, so our listeners can kind of get a quick uh, grab of who you are. It's, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you got into teaching? Well, I'm born and raised in Edmonton, um, living on the west side, and uh, just got into teaching. Just um, always felt like I always, I always liked the school environment, the social aspect and the sports and uh, the learning and all that. And I always felt like I wanted to like inspire people in some way. I always felt like I had something to give back to the community, uh, just something to pass on to others. And I, I didn't even want, I didn't even um, pick teaching first for my uh, faculty went to U of A. It was actually computing science. And then I'm sitting there, sitting there, I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do just uh, sitting there the whole time. and. I'm really an interactive person, social person. So I switched my uh, major and went to education midway through. And the rest is history. And I've been loving it ever since. Nice, nice. So how long have you been teaching for now then? I've been with the Empton Catholic District for, well, since 2007. I've been at STM, uh, St. Thomas Morphs, uh, for, this is my 12th year. Oh, nice, nice. It's it's funny that you said STM. I was uh, I was talking uh, to my wife about having you on, and I mentioned STM, and that's a total West Side of Edmonton connotation. It's like everyone from the West End knows what STM is. Anyone else might be like, "What what are you talking about?" But <laughs> yeah, this North Side guy, don't have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> STM, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's funny how that sticks with you forever. That's where though. the rich like, kids went. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, yeah. No, no, I didn't go there. That was a different school. I don't want to name drop that school. Right but <laughs> <laughs> but uh... right outside of Bellmead to Limburn, but. Um, so uh, we wanted to talk about a few of the challenges that have kind of come with COVID and education. And um, so between the online and in-class learning, what have been some of the challenges that you've seen take place during COVID here? Uh, well, the first thing is um, just students just transitioning from from the beginning, from person in-person teaching to online. They had no clue how to ex- what to expect, especially uh, elementary, junior high kids, like they're so used to being a teacher in front of them and 
the maturity levels from one end to the other are like huge, right? Like when we're, we're adults, right? We know how to, we're kind of responsible. We know how to, you know, keep ourselves in check um, in front, uh, like in class, um, online modules, like some of us may be used to that, but the students though, when they get into online, it's like, they don't know what to expect, especially when there's no structure. When, it, when in March, it was like, no one knew what to do. It was like, how are we going to do this? Right. It was like, just, it was tough. Were you able to like develop some curriculum? Like where did you know going into the school year that like, okay, I'm going to be teaching people online. So I have to wrap my head around how to develop a curriculum, you know, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. deploy that to these. Well, we children. do have uh, key learner outcomes, like the, for each subject, um, there's like a program of studies we have to follow. We have to hit those outcomes throughout the year. So we do have that, but uh, we didn't have any direction how to do the online at first. It was just try to do your best. Um, and things were just, it was so tough because in class you have your block one, block two and stuff. I'm like speaking through um, junior high perspective and high school. You have your blocks and stuff, but then the way we had it, you could have just had it where you could just record a lesson and put it online. The kids would have to just click on a link and watch it like a video, regular video. That's how we did it in March. And, and then during summertime, they did their, put their brains together and they thought, Oh, how are we going to do this? And that's how they came with the synchronous and asynchronous learning and all that. So um, then we had some structure. Then we had like a pacing guide on how to, or what units to teach in order so that the whole province would be on the same pace just in case they wanted to talk to someone else in other schools and cities, they can see how um, other schools are doing it. And other schools are doing um, the teaching different ways. So it varies um, for sure. Like our schools, we have some online classes and we have some in-person classes. And with the Edmonton district, the Catholic district, we ha- they had to make a decision like in November for the rest of the year, if they wanted to go online or stay at school because there was such a, um, shortage of subs and the quality of teaching wasn't the best. So they had to make that decision, which was tough. And they still, some kids still go online and offline. Some do come back and, um, they just have to talk to the office and try to set that up. Work yeah, that's going to be good. That's going to be tough for the kids too, right. To try to transition back and forth from something that they've been taught, especially if you're in junior high teaching junior high kids, you know, from, you know, K to six, these kids have only known that in, that in, uh, in class, uh, experience. Right. And then, you know, sitting behind a desk now, uh, at home with their mom around over their shoulder, watching what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna, gonna be a yeah, lot different. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's awesome. If, if the parents are there to monitor, sometimes they're not there. It's like, how are they supposed to know when I get like emails from parents, how do I keep my kids on, on task on online learning i'm like i don't know you're the one that's there i don't know <laughs> what you want me to do it's like it's tough like i couldn't imagine especially you have multiple yeah. children different ages and you know if they have like a baby and one's in your high it's like the stress on the parent too juggling back and forth oh, like yeah. i can't even imagine like wow Ab- absolutely like it, it's obviously it's been a stretch for everybody involved between the parents and you know the education system and like you kind of brought up a good point in regards to like if the parents are kind of helping out and over the child the child's shoulder a little bit, but 
Um, with how things have been set up, obviously, like if you're in class and for the students that you do have in class, you can kind of tell when they're zoned out and when oh, they're yeah. no longer kind of picking it up. How, how do you do that in an online environment? Um, sometimes you just be like, Hey, everyone just put your cameras on for one second or like do a vibe check and go, you know, <laughs> check. Um, raise your hand, everybody with your yeah, butt with the butt on team. <laughs> but sometimes it, it is yeah. tough though. Like, <laughs> like we were talking before, um, the, the scarcity of devices that uh, these students have, right? It can range from you're learning from like on a phone, like how are you going to, from a small screen, oh, yeah, yeah. iPad to a computer. And what if you have multiple siblings who have to share devices and it's tough. Like I couldn't. It's, well, and it, it's hard to stay focused. It's hard to stay focused. Even like, it's like, okay, well I'm, even if you are, trying to pay attention to the lesson and you're, you know, your kids putting in the best effort they can. Mm -hmm. And then you look over, you see another tab, let's open up that. So let's see. And it's easy to get distracted, oh, yeah. obviously. Right. So, so it's, a, it's a definitely a challenge. Oh yeah. Especially where they're learning it could be in the room or it could be in the living room. Like game consoles are right there. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to go on the chive. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, <laughs> Well, then you get like uh, maybe not elementary or junior high, but you get some kid doing a Jeffrey Tubin thing, and uh, it's not a good scenario. Who is that, Jeffrey? We don't know who that is. Did you see? Uh, yeah. the disgraced CNN reporter. We'll say that oh. in regards to uh, what he got what he got caught doing in a meeting. But yeah, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> obviously, uh, obviously, this is all. This has been over two school years now, and we're you're you're still completing the second school year. So, what? What over the course of the over the break over the summer, what changes have you seen in regards to the ki how the kids are reacting to what's going on uh, in the classroom or online? Um, some of them are being more cautious, of course. Like schools have their protocols, and the students are doing great um, adhering to those okay. protocols. Uh, so they're not really um, worried about. So sometimes they're like the mask sometimes does bug them a bit because. And just sitting in one spot and you can't move. Imagine being a kid and you right. can't move and you can't even talk oh. and you can't even like some of them can't breathe. Some of the spaces are like, you know, the air gets stuffy and whatnot. But um, um, they seem to adhere to whatever needs to be done. They know the right. They know the precautions. They know how serious the the virus is. They know what they should do, what not do. Um, sometimes we do have to kind of like, just tell them like, Hey, remember stay apart, no touching and all this stuff. But cause yeah, junior high kids, I don't know. They just, they're always <laughs> like doing something like touching another high five and are just like, you know, just mess around, horse around. You just gotta, just being yeah, kids, just being right? kids. That's the thing. And we do let, we let some yeah. stuff out slide, but it's like, Hey, that's enough. You know, you gotta be careful cause you know what's up and yeah, just, um, it's tough uh, with the sanitizing everything and the protocols cause the time's not there. It's and depending on the school on the protocols, it's all it's all different. Like our school is pretty strict on one person goes to the washroom only. We're contact tracing, writing down who leaves at what time, just in case. So, um, but it seems like the schools are doing good. Like uh, Kenny said, it was zero point four percent of getting the, the virus transmission rates. Rate, yeah, so yeah. schools are doing their thing. And it's, it's a good thing. And everyone's working together, right? Parents, students, staff, teachers are all doing like the custodians are doing an awesome job. So, and 
That's the thing. It takes a, takes a oh, team, yeah. right. To, to pull it all yeah, together. Sure. Right. And I, I, you know, before this all broke out, I probably would have sat on the side of, you know, teachers, essential workers, but now man, kudos, thank you for everything you do because, um, not only do you, you know, are you helping educate our children, but you, you help keep the economy going as well. Right. And you guys are, you know, obviously putting yourselves right in the face of uh, a dangerous virus mm. that, um, you know, the general population, like Jeff and I, we work in, you know, different industries, right. And we're, we can self-isolate either at home or, you know, mostly in an office, not uh, having a lot of interaction with people, but um, you have kids, scrolling through so i just wanted to take the time and say thank, thank you. you because that's uh that now now that i'm a parent and i have school age kids I, I can i can recognize that right and um shutting down the schools made a huge impact on um the economy essentially too right so i think people need to give their heads a shake and you know give you guys a clap thank you. so i just want to say that yeah throw it cool. up there well, what a, and yeah, to to that point exactly. It's just like as I alluded to, like I I have all the freedom in the world in regards to what I'm responsible for. I don't have any children, and um, as a result, my bubble is about as large as I want it to be, which means it's not large at all. Uh, I've been able to segregate myself from as many people as I want to. Um, whereas if you have kids or you're teaching. Uh, that bubble has been expanded artificially for you, no matter what you're trying to do at home. So it, it's just, it's so much more of a challenge, right? Oh yeah. We had to like show the kids at how exponentially it can grow. Um, right. It, it's ironically because we were like, Oh, our school's doing awesome. And then I'm like, don't say that. Don't jinx it. And then we, after showing that, <laughs> and then after that, who said that? And then Who's after that, that? boom, we like, we got hit pretty hard, really hard. Like in, um, what was it beginning of November? Yeah, we got hit hard. We only had like four teachers at school. The rest were all self-isolating because of some cases and stuff. So it was tough. Like, like I was, I was even on the admin side. I was like the acting VP at that point. I can see how hard it was to adjust to that. Where you had to make sure classes were covered. Hopefully, hoping that subs were available to come and. Um, take care of those classes that the teachers were not there for. So yeah. Right. It's a serious thing. <laughs> I have to, I have to bring it up in the sense that I noticed really early on when there was cases, um, people were like very like zoned in as like, well, how could you get COVID with these like certain people? Right. Like it has it been negative in, in that way. Or do you find like the community within the school has been really like supporting to, you know, people who've obviously contracted it and, you know, had, to Oh go. yeah. Like, um, the students never know who contracts it. No one, they don't know. Yeah. We oh, sent out a letter saying a student has, we never say who it is. Um, I even emailed parents and students saying, cause they might know, right. They'll know cause they'll talk. Right. I always tell them, like, yeah, don't um, bring it up publicly. Don't bring it up at school because um, they're already going enough, going through enough as it is, having contracted the virus and having its effects. And they don't want to feel any more negative energy or feel, like, um, guilty or anything like that. So I just tell them, like, don't do that. Don't, like, bring it up. It's Keep it private because it is a serious thing. So they know. 
Of course, yeah. And you, you kind of you kind of brought me into uh, the next thing I kind of wanted to touch on. And you're saying like there's a lot of pressure on the kids in regards to the responsibilities that are coming with this, and it it doesn't just extend in regards to them cleaning their hands and trying to you know not wrestle or uh, uh, high five each other in the hallway. But um, have you have you like, I know you're not a psychologist, but have you seen any kind of the mental strain that the kids put on? No, like obviously there might be certain signs like a uh, grade start slipping mm-hmm. or attendance. Stuff. Ha- have you seen any of those kind of trends taking place over the last 18 months? Uh, there has been some, like some mental issues, people just anxiety. They get some of them um, are stressed. Some even the online learners, some of them, they're just falling behind. And it's just like, it's tough to um, um, get back into it and catch up. Cause especially being online, right. They don't have like direct, contact with the teacher like they can't say oh mr Vale, can you help me with this it's like some of them are even scared to even talk when they're online it's like i'm asking questions i'm like anyone there hello it's like i don't know it's not natural and it's easy to hide right if you were if you were struggling in class and you you know you could only hide for so long right but you know i think when you're sitting behind a computer screen and you're just gonna float through um, it's a lot easier. And then, then kids get left behind and, yeah. and obviously we don't want to see that as a society. Yeah, so right? yeah, so. we have, uh, so we have a, a team at school who like, we have a social worker there. We do have behavioral therapists there. Uh, we have a psychologist there now we have, we have the team there. So schools have gotten resources like that to, to deal with this kind of stuff. And yeah, they are, and students are using them. Like I'll get a call th- that's great. I'm gonna call and like, oh, so and so needs to see me. Just go up to them, just tell them so and so is ready for you, and then we just go like, we don't, I don't say, hey, you're supposed to see the psychologist. I don't say that, right? I just say, oh, hey, it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, you, yeah, come no, here. I just say, uh, I just say like, oh yeah, so and so, your appointment's good to go, and they're like, okay, and they go, and so um, students are using it, and it's good. And we, the schools, our school does um, a lot of uh, strategic planning and uh, to deal with that kind of stuff. So a lot of communication for sure from everyone from admin to the teachers and everything, parents. So it's, it's, it's busier. It feels like it's That's, busier <laughs> than anything, course, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, I got to worry about this and that. Like, Oh yeah, this and, well, that's it. like your uh, your duties have expanded effectively, oh, yeah. and sure. instead of just trying to get the education and the information into the kids' heads, and like don't get me wrong, it's a it's a challenging profession anyways because you're dealing with kids at a time when they're they're finding themselves, and mm-hmm. kids deal with a lot of things along the way. So, but this is just another layer of that that gets thrown upon you guys. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, that's, that's excellent to hear though. Um, I, I don't know, like, uh, as I mentioned, I don't have kids, but I, I hadn't heard anything along that in regards to what was being broadcast in the news in regards to, Hey, here's some of the resources that have been allocated. So it, it's great to hear that the, that there's been a bit of a step up in regards to that for, for the well, kids. I think in the news, a lot of what we hear is just the oh, negative. Usual, right. It's always like, yeah, yeah so fear, we fear this. these positive yeah. things. And my, my children are in the, the Catholic system as well. And, you know, I've seen the the resources available to them, you know, be it, you know, if my little guy has some alternative needs. So he has a he has a support group within the school he's in. And uh, it's amazing that uh, these kids can can pull on these resources and uh, and get the help they need, especially in this mm-hmm. time where, 
you know, everybody's, like you said, being pulled now in multiple directions. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it, yeah, we're always you, trying to encourage that the resources are there, use them. That's why they're here. Like it's, it's always trying to push. So, and they did. Uh, well, it's amazing. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's amazing going back, you know, 20, 30 years when the three of us were, you know, <laughs> rolling through well, the hood of the West, you guys yeah. in the West and me in the North, <laughs> you know, those resources didn't True. exist. Yeah. The, yeah. The no, teacher no, took on all the roles, right? Always, teacher had mania hats. They were like, <laughs> absolutely. You know, and, and yeah, it, like it, it's, it's a tough gig for sure. As uh, every once in a while, you would have a teacher who kind of picked up on it, but at the same time, it's like that teacher's dealing with, hundreds of kids and it's it's mm-hmm. said it's a challenge for sure um yeah I, I got one last kind of depressing topic before we kind of just kind of be a little bit more fun and jovial about it but um obviously like maybe not just related to the covid stuff but things have obviously changed a great deal since the three of us came up in life mm-hmm. um uh obviously bullying is a big thing or maybe it's not a big thing i, I don't entirely know but bullying on my assumptions bullying has changed since the three of us came up, like instead of just being slapped in the back of the head in the hallway or getting a nickname like sack, uh, <laughs> it's probably more online. It's more social media. Yeah. That's a legit story. So, um, but uh, in regards to like, how, I, I don't know where really I'm getting with this heads, but uh, what have you seen in regards to how bullying is a, a change since we came up? Oh, uh, I think bullying's uh, being dealt with, much better like i don't know how other schools are our schools um we have an sro officer who right away um over the years like there have been different ones but they always uh made a point to talk with each class talking about cyberbullying and talking about okay. how how easy it is to get caught <laughs> like right right oh, that's a good point yeah. right like students realize oh yeah don't realize oh what i said to them can't be screenshot it's like oh yeah it can be <laughs> right Screenshot it. Um, It could be um, the police can retrieve it, right? They just go into whatever, whatever Instagram, whatever, and just, you know, check out what they said. Um, So when they do have these little sessions and seminars, the kids feel like, oh, I do have support. I could just go to the principal. I can go to SRO. And that's happened. Like kids have been like, oh, can I talk to SRO officer about something? Like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And it's about either bullying or something or that comes to the principal. Like I, when I was acting vice principal, I'd had to talk with uh, some students about uh, when they were getting bullied and um, yeah, it seemed like they're more, they're more approachable to um, the, the people, like the authorities, the teachers or principals about it. So it's good. Um, what I've seen is mostly been like probably cyberbullying mostly. Um, there could be some verbal and physical stuff, but I think it's mostly the cyber stuff that's, going on especially in this day and age it's all you know text you know bully bully behind the keyboard type of deal stuff right so yeah of course everyone's a big man behind the keyboard but it's funny it's like i i um to to the point that these kids are being warned ahead of time it's just like anything you do well we can find it uh unfortunately there's probably a bunch of yahoos who should have learned that lesson before they uh do a bunch of things online or storm a Capitol building in the U S and wonder why their face is plastered all over the news yeah, right. <laughs> and they're getting arrested down the road. But, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's probably a valuable lesson. Those kids are picking up even if they don't want to bully anyone. So mm-hmm. good for that. Yeah. And also uh, there's also our, our health classes too. There's like more focus on the bullying each. Like, you'll see in our, in our 
key learner outcomes it is on there, how to deal with bullying, even how to deal with mental illnesses and uh, how to increase our or better our mental health. It is in the curriculum there. So we are, okay. it is in the curriculum to about anti-bullying and uh, making sure your mental health is uh, in check and you're uh, doing all good with that. So that's great because, you know, like you said, 20, 30 years ago, yeah. Um, we didn't, there, there were stigmas around it. Right. And, you know, if you were a bully, you, you pretty much got off, um, you know, scot-free, you know, there was no real repercussions and, um, you know, the zero tolerance kind of point of view, um, uh, in my opinion is, is, is so important, right. To kind of keep, oh, yeah. you know, the kids in check, right. Cause everybody, you know, develops at different stages and, and, yeah. you know, learns at different stages and, you know, it's just, the mental health implications these days to these, you know, these kids who are, you know, learn, not only learning differently, but growing up differently, mm -hmm. you know, like you think about, like I, I watch my kids in elementary school right now, you know, are there going to be long-term mental health effects with these protocols specifically, right. you know, lining up, putting a mask on, can't go near your, your friends. I've seen it with my daughter in a, in a kindergarten situation where, you know, well, this girl doesn't like me because she won't play with me. Well, you can't go play with her because you can't go over to the, the, the station that she's at. Right. As simple as that, but it's creating that, oh, yeah. that, that. that thing in her head that it's like, well, this is bad. Well, it's nothing that, you know, anybody's tried to do negatively. It's just the situation. Oh, yeah. right? So that's the worry from a parent in, in that sense of the long-term effects of this, right. Is, you know, when I, when I heard they're, you know, going back to school, I was excited that, you know, they could get back and at least see some people and be interactive. Oh and, yeah. You know, well, cause that's such an important piece of the, the, the school system, I think. So oh, yeah, as humans, we're like social creatures, right? We have to be social, right. Or else we like go all wonky and, you know, get all, get all weirded out and stuff like that. So yeah. We... And turn do podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you podcast. podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, you just have, yeah. That's how it is. Like if you're like self isolating, you're like, quarantine and then you see someone you just talk your ear talk their ear off because you haven't even said a word for like a week it's like oh i get to talk you know oh absolutely so, yeah well yeah you're right you need the human interaction you need to bounce things off people or you just lose it froze oh did we lose Ed's? Folks. eds are you there peter froze oh oh i'm oh, good you back I'm up good yet i don't know what happened there Oh, okay, great, 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 did it to great. us again, well, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, we're all good. We're all good, though. Um, all right, uh, I don't have anything else serious to bring up, but uh, I did have something that um, uh, I've always meant to – I actually meant to ask Ed this, like, years ago while we were playing uh, flag football, <laughs> uh, mainly just because I noticed it on your social media uh, feed. But, wait, wait, can I ask uh, you one question before you go forward? Jeff, were you the tight yeah, end? Yeah, yeah. Were you the tight end? Was I – no, no, I – I don't really know what I was. Um, I just kind of, I'm the Taysom Hill character, I guess, or whatever. But I was, I was not skilled. So we'll say that. I'll say one thing. If you want to see a guy who can move quickly, Ed's is the guy you want to see on the field. They get that, that, those are some juke moves I've seen. So all the, all the props to oh, that for just sure. Lucky day. Just a lucky day. <laughs> no, those Bell Mead days, so, Bell Mead football, that's all we did in like junior, oh no, in elementary. That little Eskimo Duke, football, Duke Eskimo football, those yellow ones you would get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play that all day. 
all recess. It, the, la- the last family vacation I went on with uh, our extended family, that's all my nephew and I did on the just on the beach or on the grass was just throw those Eskimos footballs back and forth for days on end. Yeah. You, those things are fantastic. And you had to fight for them. That was a life lesson. You had to fight the Eskimo crowd for them. Yeah. 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 Not, not whole gang. <laughs> no, oh, not whole gang. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So we all know Wu-Tang is for the children. And I've seen on your social media feed how you have reference to the Wu in the classroom. Yeah. I got to know, do the kids know who the Wu-Tang is? Do they appreciate the Wu-Tang? Oh, and gotta, after their exposure, do they do they stick with oh, it? Oh, I got to... <laughs> I gotta educate them of who they are. I'm like, you guys know who Wu Tang is? They're like, they're like, they're like, I don't know who that is. Who is that? I'm like, I'm like it's, a group. it's a group. It's a group. It's not a person. Like, I don't know any of his songs. Like, no, it's more than one person. And I have a poster in my room. Actually, a former student of mine gave me a Wu Tang poster, and I put it in my room. Yeah, and I just had a, a student of mine who raps, and his he made a song called Bellmead, and he's like, uh, yeah. Cash rules everything around me, and he talks about it. Yeah, that's what Ziggs told me. Like, that's my uh, rapper name, MC name, Ziggs Ziggs. He's like, yeah, Ziggs told me to sing, yeah, yeah. and then he sings the chorus, and like, so uh, it's there. It's like, they know. Uh, I call them. I, I always call out all these kids. These kids wear their Nirvana shirts. They wear Green Day shirts. I'm like, oh yeah, give me a song, give me a song from Nirvana because I love Nirvana. And then like, like, give me a song. And they're like, I'm like, in our day, we call you a poser if you didn't know that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Poser indeed. They don't use that yeah. word no more, though. They don't use that. I try to bring it up. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, uh, that's 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 causing shame. You can't call somebody the poser was the kid in the Nirvana T-shirt who held a skateboard but didn't ride the skateboard. Yeah, yeah. Now the poser is the kid who wears the Nirvana shirt and doesn't even know a song. <laughs> they can't skateboard though. That's the thing. Is like reverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can skateboard, but they don't know who what they're wearing. But uh, no, they know. I tell them all the stuff about Wu Tang and then well, what makes them so great, and they tell me, "Yeah, I open for them." They're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, multiple times." I got <laughs> so. I got to ask you a question. So, when you get home from work at the end of the day, are there scenarios that you just sit there and laugh to yourself, be like, "What the hell are these kids doing these days?" Oh yeah, so, so every <laughs> every day is. <laughs> That's why I love the job. I love the job. It just keeps you young, keeps you laughing, you know, because. It's like, Whoa. look, Mr. Ed, I snapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. And I just always like try to make it um, funny with them. They'll mention like something reference to a song that I know. And they're like, oh, and I'll sing this song. They're like, what is that? I'm like, you don't know that song? I'm like, it's the classic. So I'm like, stop the lesson. Stop the lesson. <laughs> yeah. And they play the song for them. <laughs> and they know I've done that. It's like, it's funny because I love music. So I got to tell them. <laughs> They might be playing you a little bit. They might know that this is the way to get out of the lesson for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> if I don't have to teach a lesson, I can just teach in music, the, the, the knowledge there of music for yeah. sure. Because music is music <laughs> is forever, like Wu-Tang's forever, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I just laugh because I'm like, truth be told, like I don't know any new music. That's my problem, which is the same problem the kids have. Like It's just reversed. But, but it's just like, I, I couldn't tell you anything new, but it's just like, there's no way these kids know who Wu Tang is or West Side Connection yeah. or Nirvana. Like it's it's amazing. Oh, I, I oh, it blows me away though when I hear these kids talk about like if you put it in an art perspective, a kid let's let's say listening to 
Nirvana or listening to like ACDC. Like these kids are like that music's like 40 years old. So if you put us back to when we were growing up in the 90s, like that's like stuff from like the the 50s and the 40s. Like, <laughs> you know what it is though? It's the they know these because the parents played for them and they'll know it. I saw uh, one of my students today was wearing a Biggie shirt and it said the what? So it's one of the songs with uh, Method Man and Biggie. I'm like, that's a wicked shirt. I'm like, do you know what that, what is it? Like, oh yeah, it's a song. I'm like, okay. So, you know, some of them know, they know their stuff. So it's like, all right, you're real. You're real. I, I can, I could, you know, I could bounce off the music with you. We're good. <laughs> There's still hope. Yeah, I can vibe, I can vibe with you. You know the music, so I can vibe with you. You're getting 80, you can go to the bathroom You're getting 80%. You're getting 80%. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those are that's extra marks right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, um, uh, Brad, do you have anything else that uh, you want to bounce off of Ed's? No, I just wanted to thank him for coming on, and uh, hopefully, you can come on again, and we can uh, maybe dive into Jeffrey a little bit. Younger Jeff, I uh, I've known Jeff for twenty years, but I don't know the Jeffrey from. Uh, from high school or junior high or elementary school, I'd like to get a little bit more color on. Oh, nobody wants to know anything about young Jeff <laughs> or, 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 or working at working at Galaxy Land, Jeff, or anything like that. So, oh, Galaxy Land, it's all yeah. good. Or I meant actually, was it basketball? We went through basketball, or was it uh, uh, Galaxy Land? I remember we met I think through Paul was. or something. I know Galaxy we met through Paul. Yeah, we met through Paul, and I wanted to. Start I want to say that was basketball, but yeah, no, there was the overlap at Galaxy Land, and obviously, uh, Edge was at FX, and I was at Max, so not a not a lot of high school switch over there, but uh, but no, it's no, it, it's a, sure. it's amazing. But, uh, it's thanks amazing for coming on, on, Edge. That's awesome. Well, what's that? Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, Brad was just saying thanks for no, no, and uh, yeah, no. Thank uh, you. Just wanted to say hey. Thanks one last time, Ed, for coming on, man. We really appreciate no uh, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts. Yeah, thanks so. for having me. It was awesome. It's fun. Yeah, I'd love to come back. We'll have yeah, to we'll, do it again. We'll, we'll get you on again, man. Yeah. Oh, and we'll get him onto the UFO topic. So next time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Bob Lazar. The topic right, is sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ed. Thank you. Peace. Oh, that was awesome. Thanks, Ed, for joining the podcast. That was... Uh, that was a great conversation, really insightful. Um, you know, I think we're going to be having more of those conversations here on those Canadian lads podcast, uh, episode 10. I can't believe it's been 10 episodes, Jeff. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's nuts to think that, uh, when this kind of started and I'll be honest, how wishy-washy I kind of felt about it. I didn't think we'd get to 10, but, but no, um, I, I do want to double back and, you know, Ed's was able to provide a lot of insight that, um, I hadn't really considered myself, um, things that he sees, uh, in the classroom and in the online learning environment. Um, obviously there's challenges that he is, he's helping kind of, uh, take on in conjunction with parents and other family members who are, you know, helping kids get through this difficult time and still hopefully, retain their education while they go about this so so no uh all, all the all the thanks in the world to eds for coming on you know it's always great to have another contributor to the conversation and some different insight and also not so we don't have to carry the whole show so it's fantastic <laughs> i think we better find some female guests because uh so far it's all been dudes so 
Oh, that's two. So, well, yeah, yep. us, so, but, but yeah, no, no. Well, uh, yeah, we're definitely, uh, for the listener, we're definitely going to be shooting to get a little few more of these interviews going. Um, hopefully we'll get some, uh, other contributors who have different views from ourselves, uh, people that are involved in the, you know, the podcast world, the business world, uh, art and a- anything and everything above. So ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully we're able to bring a few more of these to you in the near future. Yeah, I know. I think that was uh, was pretty cool. And uh, just the reason why we're doing this on podcast, obviously, we wanted to uh, dig into various different topics. And, you know, just having Ed's on the on the podcast today allowed us to do that. Like, how often do you get to sit down and talk to a teacher, um, you know, one on one about their experience? And um, <laughs> I thought that was that was pretty cool. And because uh, honestly, he's a junior high teacher. So I know what uh we did to junior high teachers when I know when I was a kid. So, um, you know, I can only imagine he's a, he's a pretty thick dude though. So I wouldn't be messing with uh, Mr. Ed's for sure. Well, the, the, the funny thing is, and I, I didn't really press it, uh, when I was asking him, well, how did you get into teaching and why'd you make that choice? And, uh, I said, I can only speak for myself, but I just think about how terrible I would have been around, around the classroom and how much I'm, I'm, I'm sure no teacher liked me. And just me trying to be a smart aleck and try to be the mouth of the class, man. You you've got to really be a patient soul to walk into that environment to be able to handle those kids. So so all oh, man. props for that as well. So no doubt, just the not only the patience but the wherewithal to put up with all the bullshit. Oh yeah, kids are tough, but and the hormones. The well, hormones that, that's, that's the thing too. It's like uh, obviously he's. They're on the precipice right when they're uh, coming into where he teaches. So that's that's tough, too. And yeah, no, I said all the props in the world to have the patience to do that career. Blessed be to him. Blessed be. So uh, switching gears slightly before we wrap up, we are obviously on the eve of the NHL season unfolding before us. So uh, if the listener is picked up on the pattern usually we record these on a wednesday and release them on a thursday obviously uh this is gonna be coming out early so we can watch the oilers game oh man so yeah that's the thing uh and you can obviously hear the excitement and if you can't hear the excitement in my voice i'm telling you that i'm very excited uh i was before we jumped on the air here though i was a little concerned apparently to Vancouver Canucks, who the Oilers are playing tomorrow night, uh, have contracted the COVID-19 and uh, aren't able to play. G- is it Jordy or Jamie? Jordy Ben, I Jordy believe, ben. and JT Miller uh, aren't able to proceed with the regular season uh, hockey uh, contest versus the Oilers and Canucks oh, tomorrow night. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm super pumped. It's been a, a pretty long winter as is, and uh, it's going to be nice just to sit down with a hot bowl of popcorn and a cold beverage and shouldn't you watch be making, a- Shouldn't you be making yourself some of those nachos that you apparently love from the Coliseum? <laughs> oh man, you you're you're crazy. You're I'm crazy. Not- those nachos are unreal. I wouldn't know because I'm not eating that. I oh, I, I still love myself. So. I love <laughs> myself. You were giving me props the other day. I was. Wait. Like I said, I don't know if I've said it on here, but I'm going to say it again if I did. The plan is this. I walk into Roger's place. They give me the COVID vaccine in my eyeball. It vastly runs through my body. I'm immune. I'm, 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 I will never get the, the, the COVID-19 first step. Walk up, 
to the concession stand bar, not the concession stand where they get the hot dog, the concession stand where you get the bar, the Caesar bar. I order three Caesars. You only have two. You have to have another set of hands to get a third. I order two. You order me one. I order you one. Okay. Then I have three. I pound those (laughs) as quick as I can. Savor them, but pound them as quick as I can. Let that Caesar juice flow through my body. Next thing I do, I grab those nachos. Then what probably takes place is this. You get get a tummy. I get a tummy ache. I have, a t- I have a tummy ache. I missed the first period of the hockey game because I'm having to take a huge crap in a public bathroom, embarrassing myself because it's probably, you know, I'm not doing too well. Uh, and then the alcohol hits me. And then obnoxious hockey fan Brad comes out and I get kicked out before the first period even ends. Before that will be my post-COVID experience at Rogers Place. Book it. I love, I love that as a grown man who can walk himself up to the bar and grab three C or attempt to grab three Caesars is going to have a tummy ache. So <laughs> congratulations on that. I will, I will also point out that if you have to go to the bathroom at a sporting event and it's not urination, if you have to go number two, you have planned poorly. You have planned incorrectly. Well, let me tell you, my friend, I've planned poorly on multiple uh, evening uh, with a dinner and hockey game uh, to enlighten the viewer. So um, I, there are some nice bathrooms in there, and some of them are quite quiet before the start of the game. <laughs> if you time it right, you, the crowd will cheer for you. <laughs> <laughs> you did it! You, you did, did it, it man! Um, obviously, there's going to be a bit of a disruption with a few of the players Um I don't think anyone expected the NHL to go the whole 56 games without somebody catching something and being ruled out for a game. Uh, the NBA is making fast changes uh, tonight to their COVID policies because of players getting sick. But, <clears throat> you know, at, at the end of the day, we're going to have a, a baseball season, football, hockey, basketball, and everything's going to be a little bit different, but we'll still have it. And, I know, I know there's a good chunk of the population that probably is like, well, why are we having this when everything else is going on? But it's entertainment. Uh, if they, if, <laughs> yeah, it's, go F yourself. But if the, you know, if the players do the right thing and, and they, they keep themselves confined within their team bubble and they, you know, you know, airport rank airport home and they just kind of, it, then there's no disruption to the general population. And I'm hoping that that's the way it boils down. Do you think that uh, like one of the protocols that they'll introduce is the uh, the stopping of uh, towel whips in the men's shower after the game? <laughs> I I can't speak from experience of that <laughs> thing. So so um, sure, I hope <laughs> just maybe from the sexual assault aspect of it. But. How is that sexual assault? It's a men's um, towel whip. Hey, you're like, hey, bud. Good game out there. Little slap on the bum with the towel. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that, that's how the foreplay starts in prison as well. Before the hot beef injections we were discussing last time, <laughs> so, passing the droplets within the within the water. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't cold. know if they've gotten that gra- that granular in the protocols, but uh, yeah, Doctor Hinshaw, if you're listening, maybe you might want to bring that up. Yeah, you might want to outrule the towel snaps and <laughs> what have you. Snippy, no, snappy. It- no, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. Um, 
uh, obviously the back to back, and then uh, I think Saturday night is against the Canadians. So uh, always fun. Oh. So no, I'm, night in Canada. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. You know, it's there's something to be said about when the sun sets at four thirty or four forty five, and you know you sit down at five o'clock and get that early game. And luckily for us, it'll be against the uh, it'll be the Oilers in that one, so it'll be fun. It'll be it'll definitely a better Saturday night than just sitting around watching a movie. So hey, I, I do want to ask you a question, especially around the broadcast. Uh, you know, coming up uh, this week, what were your thoughts on uh, Jack Michaels moving from the radio play-by-play to the TV broadcast? You know, I I have to admit. So, um, I, I my brother-in-law reached out to me yesterday asking if I'd seen the cuts, and um, yeah, some of them were a little bit surprising. I, I'm actually a little disappointed to see Jujar go, but I'm the, the what I responded to him was I'm more surprised that Kevin Quinn is gone and that Jack Michaels had made that move now. Maybe maybe it's familiarity. Maybe I just kind of like Kevin Quinn, but I'm a little bit surprised with the move and not really excited to hear Jack Michaels in the booth. To be honest, I, I got nothing against the guy. I just I, I kind of liked Kevin Quinn. So I uh, I sit on the opposite side of the fe- opposite side of the fence. Um, I think Jack Michaels brings a certain energy to his broadcast style. Uh, Kevin Quinn was good. He wasn't great. That's kind of my opinion of it. And I, I think it's got a little stale, to be honest with you. Um, the voice of the Oilers, obviously, it's it depends on what generation you grew up in, right? Like, obviously, we grew up through Rod Phillips's main yeah. run. And then after Rod Phillips, it, it, it's Jack Michaels um, from a radio standpoint. But it's been Kevin Quinn uh, for a lot of the years that we weren't very successful either, right? So, True. True. Um, I kind of look at it from a nice change. The uh, the fan favorite Drew Romenda will not be uh, coming back, and obviously he's a smart hockey guy. But uh, to be honest with you, he uh, he got a little old. He wasn't really, you know, I, I didn't warm up to him. No, ne- neither did I. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll, we'll get back to Drew in a second here, but the. Uh, it is weird in a world where obviously now every game you can watch all 56 games if you want to. In a regular season, you can watch all 82. You and I are, once again, not that old, but I remember when they got lucky if there was eight games on in the whole season. Oh, like, totally. And you did listen to the radio. You were like, I remember sitting on my parents' floor in front of the stereo listening to Rod Phillips call the game because there was no other way. And you just had to kind of try to picture it yourself. So it's a weird thing. It's like antiquated. I, <laughs> I image you like 1930s radio. And, Come on, everybody. Hey, the game's coming on tonight. It's the Amos and Andy show. <laughs> but, Followed by the Oilers hockey game. But I, I do remember like it was because you were listening to the radio all the time that when, it, when there was a game on, and I think weirdly it was on CFRN, for a couple seasons so oh itv cfr yeah. and like those were the the go-to's i know on itv i think the play-by-play guy was bruce buchanan for the longest time i'll have to and, trust you uh, on that tim spellacy as the host but it but it was like local broadcasting was showing these games but like it's because it was so few and far between you made sure you were available to watch it so uh, but listening in rod phillips's voice and his pure homerism <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a word you know, that's what I love. I love it. it. Not, you know, and I wouldn't say Jack Michaels is a homer, but he comes with a very, he's just got 
that energy and he brings a different energy and I hope it translates to TV like listening to his overtime call or the fight call uh, between Mike Smith and Cam Talbot last year in the Battle of Alberta. I wanted to get my car, drive down to Calgary and punch (laughs) the first Calgarian that I saw. So that guy's that guy's a beauty, and that guy is going to do amazing. And I and I hope after this, when we do our next week podcast, I can't wait to ask you what's your thought on Jack Michaels because oh, the other side of things, they've retained Louis DeBrusque, who I think is maybe the best uh, color guy in hockey across North America. Yeah, I, I like Louis a, a great deal. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. I, I like Louis DeBrusque. Uh, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's it's got some fun behind it. I, I just, I really enjoy his broadcast. Unlike Drew Ramendez, who I, I not even, just not even just didn't warm up to that guy. I disliked him a great deal. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he had came here via San Jose. Yeah. He had a lot of relationships and knowledge of the San Jose hockey system. I think at one time he was a coach, uh, and then a long time broadcaster with the San Jose sharks. And uh, if you ever watched an oiler and San Jose shark game, it was quite evident that he knew quite a lot about the, uh, the hockey sharks. Well, the one thing that I found, and maybe it was because in San Jose, this is my assumption. I could be totally wrong, but I think they're always selling the game. Uh, maybe that's what you have to do in a North in American market, especially a California market. You're always selling the game. And that's what he seemed to be doing. Like trying to explain why an offside took place and you'd be wrong more often than not. I was just like, what do you do? I dude, this is a knowledgeable market. I don't need this breakdown. I need a, I need a breakdown. That's more advanced than this. I want to know what that guy ate for breakfast, Drew. I, I know what an offside is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no, no. So I, I never want. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say. Oh, I, I, I hope he got ridden out of town. Like, but no, it's just I, I I'm those I'm Canadian lads. We wish him all the best, but yes. not on Edmonton Oiler broadcasts. As a fellow, jo- uh, Mike jockey, we wish. Him <laughs> <all the> best. <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, Are we're we Mike jockeys. Jockey? I can't believe I just came up with that. I must have heard that somewhere else. So. <laughs> We're going to be spinning some tunes later on those Canadian lads. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, it will it will be interesting. Obviously, I think we're all hoping, uh, all Dolores fans are hoping for a quick start. Um, uh, obviously, a mistake early on is going to cost whatever team has that mistake. So, yeah, hopefully it goes well, and hopefully the goaltending stays up, and we'll go from there. Oh, man, if you get behind, if you go on a like a, a devastating slow start during this shortened season – say goodnight look at what's happening with the toronto raptors I, what are they two and eight right now oh you know, they're out, done. The, out the gate they're done they're done and i think a lot to do with that is they're not playing in their home city yeah you know, that's it's, tough you know you're you're not you're not at home every night you're living out of a hotel or a luxury condo which i'm sure they've rented because they're millionaire basketball players and we shouldn't feel sorry for them. well I'll, I'll put it this way like you Every every other athlete in North America said they don't want to do the bubble again, and I don't blame those guys for the least bit. Like I'll, I'll reference the Tyler Sagan interview from Thirty One Thoughts uh, from about a month ago again, but but it's like effectively the Raptors are in a bubble again, and I, I do feel for them. That that's that's tough circumstances. So. Do you find it funny? You know, as an Oiler fan, I'm actually quite. You know, I don't want anybody to die or get sick or have long term effects, but. It, 
Dallas, <laughs> the Dallas Stars getting COVID, all like all of them. You know, what's wrong with what's wrong with you? What's wrong with that franchise? I I know I'm bringing up a 20 year old you know rivalry between yeah. the Oilers, but <laughs> still say, runs deep in my veins. Yeah, no, I, I I'll always have a spot in my heart to hate the Dallas Stars, but. Uh, but hey, I uh, better be careful what you criticize, because Lord knows these guys. Uh, you might have like half a team go down, no problem at all to COVID, and it very well could cost you a playoff spot for the Oilers. So you watch your mouth. Yeah, it's it's possible. You so. watch it. It's too. We haven't even played a game. Let's not jinx the the all holy Oilers. All holy. Hey, I will once again go back to my uh, point last week about. Oilers and Flames fans jawing at each other on Sportsnet's website about how great their franchises are, and neither one should be proud of any accomplishment for the last 15 years. So just uh, tap the gas or tap the brake a little bit. (laughs) Easy there, Chacho. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Jeffrey, I think think it was a a successful night on those Canadian Lads podcast, episode 10. Uh, That sounds weird saying 10. We're now in the teens. Could say Dees or Dicks, as the French pronounce it. Uh, I'd rather not, because then we're going to have to go into a whole political topic. And we don't really have that tonight, because uh, obviously Quebec is currently in a uh, draconian lockdown. Oh, yeah. Police are driving up and down the streets with their lights on, keep <laughs> scaring people into their homes. Absolutely. Stop and frisk. <laughs> Stop and test. Stop and test. No, <laughs> we, yeah. We. yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, uh, I think, uh, you know, we'll keep this rolling. As I mentioned, um, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, get you, the listener, a few more interviews, a few more um, other individuals to share their thoughts and give their opinions. So you're not just listening to uh, us two yahoos go on about what impresses us, especially about UFOs. So, so yeah, no, I think uh, I think we're well on our way to uh, to a higher number. Do you, do you get easily impressed by UFOs? Because uh, I'm more interested in UFOs than impressed. What'd you not be impressed by? <laughs> They're silver and shiny. That's right. They fly. So, so yeah, I'll leave it with this. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about how the older started. We'll talk about the broadcast changes next week. And uh, hopefully we'll dig up something else really interesting to talk about. Oh, and you know what? Uh, I'm really proud of ourselves. We really didn't dig into the uh, chaotic scene in Washington, D.C. Obviously, it was happening during our podcast last week. And um, let's just let those people uh, uh, enjoy themselves uh, down south of the border the next uh, couple days because I'm really excited. This was a great, great night tonight, being able to talk about something other than uh, politics and, uh, and stupidity. I, I, you totally reminded me to bring something up and we're not going to, we're going to, cl- I'll close this out very quickly. And it's not a political conversation. The dude with, who was wearing the horns and the fur, this dude, one lived with his mom and he's 33 or 32, but he lives with his mom and he's on a hunger strike because they won't give him organic food. And his mom is complaining that he's very sick. Because he doesn't have organic food. You live in your mom's basement and you went and did this? I'm not shocked at all. Loser. 2021, baby. 2021. That guy's a beauty. That guy's, you know, that guy goes down all time. And, you know, everybody's like freaking out because of this guy. It's like, oh, this is the Simpson. This guy, they know the future, the, the, you know, all this kind of stuff. That guy lives in his mom's basement. 
he's 33, he watched too many Simpsons episodes and be like, oh, you, you know what would be cool is uh, if I dressed up like that guy in that episode and uh, 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 did that. Yeah, he's idiot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever, whatever comes his way is fine by me. So that being said, Brad, you have yourself a wonderful evening and we'll talk on the other side. Go Oilers. Have a wonderful night.